Mike's hot, camera's on, we're live. NFL's first week has come, and it's still here because we have Monday night football tonight, so we still have to sit back and reserve some of our commentary before we go all in on who's the best team in football right now and all these overreactions. So it was a crazy, it was crazy matchups. There was some crazy weather. I feel like we need to bring Drip Report and Jim Jones here to give us updates on what the weather could potentially be. So look, guys, I already saw the chat popping because we were supposed to start our show at 11 o'clock, but we couldn't because, full transparency, we didn't pay our Zoom bill. <laughs> we were supposed to pay $200 so our Zoom could be here. So we still got to get some things in order. That's on me. See, this is the special thing about sports, right? When, you, when, when you're in it and it's every day highly competitive, the leader got to stand up and say, that's on me. So for us... Uh, uh, starting our Zoom late, it's on me because I didn't pay the bill, all right? So we're here, and I got some disappointing news to deliver. Very disappointing news. We got House of Athlete in our studio, and in our studios filled with New York Giants football fans. You got Bianca Diaz. You got Woo, Mr. Andrew Who. You got BC in the booth. <laughs> I walk in the facility, I walk into the studio, and they're sitting here just sobbing. Like, what's going on, guys? It's just week one. It's like I walked into a morgue. <laughs> and then also the sad news is, y'all girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, will not be joining us today. Because Ashley Nicole Moss, as we know, is also a big-time superstar. And she's in New York for Fashion Week. And she had these plans for the past couple of weeks. So the biggest Monday of the year, the Monday after we kick off week one, our girl Ashley Nicole Moss is not here to celebrate her Dallas Cowboys victory. And, oh, it was a victory, 40-0, to zero, a 40-piece up against a goose egg. But we do have someone that's here coming back that's going to give us so much insight and so much commentary and also some opportunities to make some money you know, next week and also for the game tonight. Liv from Colorado. Liv, people love you when you were here. Welcome <laughs> back, Liv. How are you doing? Listen, I probably would have been a little better with a Broncos dub, but you know what? We'll uh, save that conversation for a little later in the show, but I'm happy to be here. Love what you guys do on this show, so I'm ready to talk some football. Football is back, baby, so, and I'm excited. So if you're ready to talk football, why, why, why is your studio filled with all this Denver Nuggets stuff. It's football that's, season. That's the only flex I have right now, so I'm just going to keep rocking with it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> live, 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 live. All right, so let's dive in. Liv, since you've been here, and if everyone loved you, uh, shout out to the Paper Chasers for being patient with us. You know, I had to pay the Zoom bill. Uh, and also shout out to the Paper Chasers because we're trying a new hour, 11 o'clock, not 12 o'clock. So we love you guys, and we can't wait to have this conversation with you today. So, Liv, we're going to dive into news of the day. And I want to start with New York, right? Like, while we were sitting here waiting uh, for our Zoom to be updated, the chat was popping. It was already gone. And everybody was just talking about the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys. And I got to say, uh, Liv, uh, it's a great place to start because it truly is America's team. Now that I'm on the other side of it and I'm starting to, you know, uh, embrace the game as from a different perspective as a fan, you know, and being in different rooms. Like last night, I was traveling back from Chicago. I went to the Chicago Bears and the, the Green Bay Packers game. 
I was traveling back, so I'm in I'm in the airport, and everybody's huddled around these TVs. And every time the Cowboys did something, the entire terminal started to cheer. This is the first time I was able to really see this. Like, if I'm playing against the Dallas Cowboys, you expect to see their fans. You expect to hear from their fans. But now on a Sunday, I'm traveling through an airport watching Sunday night football, and I hear the whole terminal, the whole terminal live cheering for them. They truly are they America's love the team. Cowboys. Right. So, Liv, uh, my question for you is what the hell happened in New York? All right. Dak Prescott Ooh. hasn't, I mean, I think he lost one game to the Giants since his rookie year. Like, I mean, he just totally owns the Giants. What happened, Liv? I don't know. It was brutal. I mean, it was a it was a tough watch. So tough, I stopped watching. Um, I think in the third quarter. This is like no team has ever I, I don't I think we could actually call this the worst loss ever because mm. no team has ever lost 40 to zero or worse. No team has ever lost the sack battle 7-0 or worse. No team has lost the turnover battle 3-0 or worse. Had a blocked field goal returned for a touchdown, threw a pick six, six, all in the same season, and the Giants did that in the same game. I think we could genuinely call this the worst loss in NFL history. Wow. And it was a divisional matchup that I think most people expected to be highly competitive based on what the Giants were able to do um, shockingly last season, but brutal. It was the worst loss ever, and I have lost all faith in their $160 million quarterback, Danny Pennies. I'm not calling him Danny Dimes anymore. He's Danny lost that privilege. Penny. You know what, Liv? Uh, there's so much to talk about when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, and trust me, uh, Paper Chasers, this show is filled with a lot of Dallas Cowboys topics, so we will dive deeper into so many different angles. Are they the best team in football? What the hell happened uh, to the Giants? We'll talk about Dak Prescott. Is he is, is, is it is enough enough? Does he have any more excuses? But, Liv, you talked about Danny Dimes. You just brought him up. I was sitting there watching the game last night, and, and, and I'm looking at this like, man, if I'm Saquon Barkley, I'm pissed off. Like, this is the guy that y'all went out there Okay, and, and it's still week one, and I'm not overreacting. There's a lot of people overreacting. But you go out there and you pay that man. And this is a guy that just a year ago you are saying we're going to move on from. And just yep. when you signed him, there was a lot of people out there that, that were saying, like, what are they doing? But you paid him. But then the guy that really led the way and made up of damn near half of your offense, you made him wait, and you didn't pay yep. him. Right. You tagged him. And, and so that was brutal. If, I, if I'm Saquon Barkley, man, I, I, I may be rethinking like it should I be showing up. I may be rethinking like this whole situation because that was bad. Danny Dimes live. I would say this. I think that it's a bold statement that, it, it you know, it's the worst loss um, that we've ever seen in the NFL. But I can understand how you said that. Um, the thing for me, the reason why I'm tough on Danny Dimes is because you couldn't find uh, 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 you couldn't put together one drive. Just one? Not one. You know, Dak Not was able one. to do it a couple of times. And this game wasn't about offense. This game was about special teams. This game was about situational football. This game was about defense uh, turning the ball over. Who was going to protect the ball? That's what the game was for me, Liv. Uh, but there's more to talk about here. Uh, Liv, I was in Chicago. Yeah. And I went back to the, the Bears game. And I was super excited. And I think you were super excited to watch this game as well because you you were high on, uh, 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 you know, Justin Fields and the Chicago yep. Bears. I will say this. This is the first time I've ever seen uh, Justin Fields up close and personal. The dude, the dude is a magician. The dude is really like that. 
okay? Now, when you look at the numbers and you look at how they played the game, it's like he didn't throw more than three times past 10 yards. I think he had like 37 attempts or something like that or 35 attempts and only three went past the sticks. That's a problem. But he has playmakers. Where was Chase Claypool? Where, you know, what happened to all the stuff we saw in camp with the big bombs and going deep? We didn't see that. But him, I thought he played a really good game. All right. I thought yeah. he didn't have help from his offensive coordinator. And that's where this problem starts. But I was disappointed because the Chicago Bears fell to the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers leading the way. Aaron Rodgers been leading the way for 15, 16 years. Yeah. And so now everybody in the division saying, oh, this is our moment. The Chicago Bears was high. Uh, before we jump into it, Liv, I want to show you this video because this is Justin Fields before the game. All right. Let's take a look at this video if we have it. No, we don't have the video. Okay, so the, it was a video. Oh, yeah, to say, bro, like driving here this morning, I started getting chills in the whip. Cause I know what the fuck they are. They don't know what the we are. They don't know how hard we work. They not built like us, bro. From the first place to the last, bro. Effort, effort, effort. You feel me? First week, game one, they gonna come out here, but I promise you, they not gonna hit as long as we are. From the first place to the last play of the game, give it to all. Be present in every place. Let's be great today, man. Play for each other. Here we go. Win on three. One, two, three. So, Liv, the reason why I wanted to show that is because it show, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a real contrast, right, you know, before and after. You know, that was him before. Super excited. You know, they don't think that we're going to be ready, blah, 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 blah. Then afterwards, he's, he apologized to his teammates and also the fans. So that's a big difference. Uh, within a three-hour, four-hour span, Liv. So when you were watching this, why were you so disappointed? I mean, I think I was disappointed because I set the bar really high for the Bears this season because I felt like what the Chicago Bears were doing in the offseason was investing in an offense around Justin Fields. They were catering to Justin Fields. They were, you know, improving the offensive line. He was still sacked four times. They were giving him a wide receiver one caliber in DJ Moore. He had a very quiet um, debut with the Bears. So I was disappointed because I think that they they added um, to make Justin Fields' job easier and his job looked harder. His job looked yes. way harder in game one than it should have been. And I think that he is the type of player that can dominate at any given moment. He can single-handedly, you know, change the momentum of the game. But I think he's probably sick of doing it alone. And I would be too. I'd be frustrated. So right. I do love and respect that he's taking ownership and saying, hey, guys, you know, it's on me apologizing to his teammates. But th Great this leadership. to me is not just a Justin Fields issue at all. It's yep. it's really not. This is bigger than that. So yeah, I don't know. Disappointed, but I'm not giving up on Justin Fields just yet. I'm really not. I think he is a phenomenal talent, and I think we'll continue to see that. We can't we can't give up on him, Liv. And, and like no. I said, I was there at the game. I didn't know it was alumni weekend, right? So I flew into town, you know, literally last minute. I took off Saturday afternoon, landed in O'Hara at 630. All right, went to Tao, got some nice food, couple great dishes. And then the next day I was – hit it to the stadium and everybody was like, Brandon, uh, would you want, do you want to come on the field? You know, we have uh, over a hundred of our alum here. And I said, Whoa, okay, I'll go down there. And so right, right, right around like five minutes, the, no, like the 10 minute mark in the third quarter, I'm sitting in the tunnel. So I'm on the field live watching this dude. There was so, so many plays where, 
you know, he had pressure in their pocket and he spins out. So many uh, uh, opportunities where they could they could they, they could have took him down and he stepped up in the pocket, then took off to the right or took off to the left. The dude was special. And I'm sitting here watching this and, and this, you know, look, we'll get into overreactions here soon, Liv. But I'm like, there's Cam Newton, there's Michael Vick, there's hell, there's Cunningham, uh, Lamar Jackson is active. Like I I he may be he may be one of the best dual threats that we've ever seen. Right or the I, best? That's what like the best. Like what what he was doing? Oh my goodness! Unbelievable. Well, I think the concern for a a Justin Fields is the passing game. I think a lot of people love to knock these quarterbacks that know how to run and they've got phenomenal run game. We've seen the conversation a million times with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think that's why the game was so disappointing. Is I was expecting such improvement in the passing offense that. The offensive coordinator would lead and, you know, the offensive line gives him more, you know, time in the pocket and he's got a wide receiver, one caliber player. I was anticipating an improvement in the passing game, which, again, doesn't right. necessarily fall directly on Justin Fields. But, you know, I think that he is capable of being a dual, uh, uh, the best dual threat. I don't think he's there yet, though. I think I need to see more improvement from. The offensive a, coordinator. Um, yeah, the offensive coordinator and, and calling calling games that are a little more pass heavy before I, I crown him as the best dual threat. I don't think I'm there yet. However, right. um, yeah, I mean, you're talking you're talking dual threat. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. I don't think you can crown Justin Fields over Jalen Hurts. Oh, did you but did you watch the game yesterday? I did. But Brandon, we're not overreacting. You just said so. I'm not overreacting, Liv, Pump but the, brakes. the Patriots? I know. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that there was some disappointment from the Eagles, and rightfully so. I think that um, obviously head coach Nick Sirianni expressed that not playing the quarterback and some of the offensive starters in the preseason uh, resulted in a sluggish week one performance. I think we saw that from a lot of teams, actually. Um Maybe not Kenny Pickett, who bamboozled the absolute hell out of me with his preseason performance, so much so that I may have, may or may not have bet Steelers money line, but we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> However, uh, they were disappointed, and rightfully so. I don't even think it was just the game itself that's making this Eagles team go, ooh, okay. You have to remember, they started their season last year 8-0. and They were running through teams. It was a breeze. It was comfortable for them. Not only was this game uncomfortable for them, but they're looking around going, we just watched the 49ers dominate um, one of our toughest competitors in the NFC and the Cowboys right. just absolutely dominated. Maybe one of the largest dominant, you know, dominating performances that we've seen in a minute. So well, not said, only no, are don't they say that you said no live. No, I'm not going to let you off the hook. You said this was uh, the, the, the worst loss in the history of the NFL. Okay, so it's the most dominant win in the history of the NFL then. How about that? <laughs> but either way, I think the Eagles are going, you know, they're bringing back most of their roster that made it to the Super Bowl, and they're expecting, you know, to come off of an 8-0 and start where you're just kind of cruising right. through these teams and then to have a Mac Jones. Excuse me, Mac Jones putting up how many yards? 316 outperforming Jalen Hurts. I mean, the cup, the competition's getting tougher, so, and I think they're realizing this season may not may not be as comfortable as it was last season. Well, we got to remember this, right? And this is uh, one of those stats that goes around. Everybody talks about it, but it's been 24 years, I want to say, 22, 24 years since we've seen someone in the uh, NFC East win a division. 
uh, back to back. Uh, you know, and this is probably why Coach Nick Serioni expressed, you know, those feelings as far as like reevaluating next year. How the hell are you thinking about next year already? The Philadelphia Eagles coach Nick Serioni expressed regret over not playing quarterback Jalen Hurts in the offensive start the starters during the preseason following a sluggish offensive performance and a narrow 25 to 20 win over the New England Patriots, not the uh, uh, Tom Brady Patriots, but the Mac Jones right. Patriots, right? And Liz right. said it. She gave them the notes. Like the stats, Mac Jones went crazy. They should have won did. a damn game. And so here's what he said. I'll definitely reevaluate some of the preseason stuff next year. Why are we talking about next year already, right. coach? Figure it out is right week. now, buddy. <laughs> right? He's panicking, Liv. He said he is maybe, panicking. But he but is. see, it shows. He said maybe I should have uh, played hurt a series or two this preseason. I already wrote that in my notes. I guess I guess that's forward thinking, and you got you got to think this way as a coach uh, or or a leader. You got to worry about the here and now. Um, but but Liv, this is this this shows you, you know, the expectations surrounding this team. Like this team isn't yeah. here just to make the playoffs. This team isn't here just to even make it to the Super Bowl. Their expectations and the standard for them that they set is to win the Super Bowl. So when you go out there yeah. against the New England Patriots, now you can't you can't overlook them because it's Bill Belichick. But when you go out go out there against this team that's been struggling since Tom Brady's uh, departure, and, and you play that way. There's there's a little there's a little concern. You got to go and watch film. Well, and you know what? I think what happened is they went into the preseason feeling a little too comfortable, which is crazy to me because you lost the Super Bowl. You should be the most uncomfortable team in the NFL right now. Mm. Mm. You get that close, you're sniffing, you're sniffing the championship trophy. It's it's within arm's reach, and you go into the preseason and you don't play any of your starters. To me, that reads you're comfortable with what you've got. And you're, you're ready to go. You're ready to jump in week one, head first, and start dominating again. Mm. To me, that should be the most uncomfortable team in the entire league right now. Because guess what? It's great to make it to the top. Ask my TCU Horn Frogs. That, that fall from the top, man, woo, it hurts. It live, hurts. Live, and there live. should not be a more... Are you about to roast my frogs? I can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Just so uh, everybody yeah. understands and we're clear here. You know, I asked Liv before the show started, I'm like, Liv, because Liv's in Denver. Everybody lives, lives in Denver. I, I always give her crap. Like, why are you still in Denver? All right. <laughs> I love Denver. Denver changed my life. But why are you still in Denver, Liv? <laughs> New York. Have you thought about New York? Have you thought about L.A.? What about Miami? Atlanta, Dallas, Houston. Some interesting cities for you, Liv. But D Denver's she, interesting. It is interesting. It's the healthiest city in the, in the U.S. Yeah, come Outdoors, on now. Everything. But I'm like, hey, have you made it up to Boulder to see Dion? Not even thinking, not even remember that you, you know, Dion whooped your team. Don't let him fool you. He knew what he was doing. He put salt in my wound to start my morning. That's mm. what he did. Mm -mm -mm. Disrespect. Straight up disrespect. But my point being is there shouldn't have been a more pissed off and embarrassed team than the TCU Horn Frogs entering the college football season. Guess what? They got caught with their pants down by mm. Coach Prime. The Eagles should be the most embarrassed and pissed off team out of any other team because you got beat in the Super Bowl. You make it all the way. It's frustrating. If you're a competitor, I'd almost rather get knocked out early than get so close I can almost taste it and then lose. So, right. yeah, they, they they were far too comfortable entering this season. Not sure why, but they're going to learn quick because Mac Jones, mid Jones, 316 mid -Jones. yards. You're crazy. Mid -Jones. That's nuts. That's wow, nuts. that's disrespectful. It sure is. And you know what else is disrespectful? Tell me. Being a Steelers money line better. 
Oh, okay. I'm just going to let the chat go crazy right now. Feel free to roast. I am actually, I, I want that because I need to know what prompted me truly to go. No, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it was. It was Mike Tomlin as a home underdog. You could pretty much spoon feed me that any season and I will blindly tail it. Mike Tomlin as a home dog. Every time Kenny Pickett, he made me look like Boo Boo the effing fool. Boo Boo oh, the fool preseason. Let me get this straight because uh, some of us are still learning betting, Liv. Okay. Yes. There's some. There's some people like you in this chat, and there's some people like me. We're learning. All right. So all right. I'll the, help the, you out. The money line is basically you just said you just took the Steelers to beat the San Francisco 49ers in Week One. That's what you did. Okay. The way you just said that, it sounds like you're judging me. I don't think that was a question. Well, I can't judge you if Brandon. I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Educate me. <laughs> here's what I'll educate. Here's how I'll educate you. <laughs> I was an idiot. And yes, I thought the Steelers were going to upset the 49ers. But I'm uh, telling you right now, I, I, I owe Brock Purdy an apology. I really do. I have been frustrated with the 49ers and all these. Who's our quarterback? Brock Purdy. Yes, he did his job last season. But to me. When you look at the toughness of his schedule alone, I was like, okay, he wasn't facing super, you know, excellent defense. I hold the Steelers defense to a very high regard. I really do. TJ Watt healthy. I was like, oh yeah, he's exposing this, this Brock Purdy dude. Listen, I was unfamiliar with his game. I'll, I'll and say, I apologize. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, on Sunday, it mm -hmm. looked like Watt in Pittsburgh, it looked like Watt was the only superstar, only star on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. Now, obviously, you have their wide receiver. You know, he didn't get his opportunities. You know, the quarterback right. looked like he was a rookie. You know, Ooh. like he took a step back. Um, not impressed at all. And I'll not dive deeper. Once we get into the overreaction uh, conversation la uh, later in the show, I'll dive deeper there. But I'm nervous for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Liv, I'm from Pittsburgh. I, I, you know, I still bleed a little bit of black and yellow, right? Um, things have changed, changed when I got drafted, but you know, my entire family lives there and watching yeah. that game, it, 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 it was like, it was almost as if the San Francisco 49ers was playing against or in a, a scrimmage game against like the JV team, right? Sometimes in high school, you have the varsity team, you know, scrimmage against the JV team. And that's what it looked like. It was bad. You know, you had a little banter leading up to the game where you had Patrick Peterson, old man Patrick Peterson, who's still doing it, love Patrick Peterson. And he's like, look, Brock Purdy, he's showing some things. And I'm going to pick yeah. him off. And he had his it opportunities, was... but he couldn't come down with the ball. And then when you watch the game, it, it, you know, I thought about it. I was like, you know what? The 49ers were supposed to win this game. That's why I was surprised that you took them on the money line because the 49ers, to me, were supposed to win this game. And so this is what contenders do, even if they're on the road. But the way they won this game was not supposed to happen in Pittsburgh against a Mike Tomlin-led team. Right. At all. At all. Come on. I mean, they lost in an embarrassing fashion. There was not one time that I said the Steelers could really be – actually, that's not true. When, when they went into halftime, they scored just before halftime, and I was like, okay, this is Mike Tomlin we're talking about, all right? I'm, I, this is me – you know, giving myself a pep talk because I know what kind of money I've got on this game. And I'm like, you know what? It's fine. They score bef before half. I'm thinking they get the ball back after halftime, which they didn't. And so once that, you know, once I realized that, I was like, all right, let's just play some defense. 
here comes Christian McCaffrey, 60 plus yards all the way down for a touchdown. I'm like, that's that it. I had to turn it off. There that was, was no way I was watching the rest of that game because they just had the momentum from start to finish. And I, and I really did simply just underestimate Brock Purdy. I did. Right. And I mean, shame on me, because if you look at the weapons around him, hello, I mean, <laughs> that right there should have been my first red flag that this money line bet is not a good idea. But again, Mike Tomlin, man, I, I do you think this is the first year he has he goes under 500? I mean, he's a winning head coach, but this is not the Mike Tomlin that we see in week one. He upset the Bengals last so, year in week one. So I will say, you know, later in the show, we got a segment, cool little segment called um, week one overreactions. Because this is what happens in week one, of, well, the first couple of weeks, week three, week four, everybody's going to go out there. This person that, this team this. Too early, too early, pump the brakes. So, Liv, I want to wait to to answer that question, okay? okay. Um, everybody's overreacting. Um, hopefully, you have your three overreactions written down. I have my three overreactions written down. I'm excited to share those. Um, look, man, how two are they? Like, like Tua, the Miami Dolphins, excuse me, all right? To me, this was a slugfest. This was a heavyweight uh, fight. You know, you have two contenders going at it, and uh, the Miami Dolphins look good. They look good. Yes. Hill, Tua, I mean, to, the question that I had watching this game were, you know, are they stopped? Can they be stopped? Are they unstoppable? You had Hill catching 11 pass, had 11 catches, uh, 215 yards, two touchdowns. The first time going over 200 yards with the Miami Dolphins in his third of his career. That performance was crazy, and then it was matched by uh, uh, Tua. Tua went dumb. Completed 28 stupid. for 45 passes for stupid. 466 yards and three touchdowns in his first game since December 25th. Woo. Put him on an MVP watch list. That oh, hopefully yeah. that's not a, that hopefully that's not an uh, uh, overreaction. But man, he looked like damn uh, Shador Stevenson, uh, sorry Shador Sanders against TCU. Ooh, sorry, there's Liv. that salt again. There's sorry, that salt Liv. again. <laughs> he Ooh. did. Did he look like that's how Shador was in in week one? What the hell? You the last what? two weeks. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you're not wrong. Um, you're not wrong. And I'll tell you, Tua, okay, before the season started, I said if Tua stays healthy, I could see him as a top five quarterback in the NFL. And everyone's like, is this chick on drugs? What is going on? She does not know what she's talking about. Excuse me, 400 plus yards. We are watching magic happen. Not only that, but then, then he goes, oh, you don't believe in me just yet? Let me be clutch. In the final seconds of this game, let me win it straight to Hill with a pass that looks like if you blinked your eyes, you missed it. Mm. He was balling out. And wow. I'll tell you, my only concern as of now for Tua and this Dolphins team is that O-line. Because I worry if he gets hit one more good time, it's a wrap. I mean, this this poor guy got beat up last season. So if that O-line can do, you know, they don't need to be exceptional. We have seen quarterbacks perform exceptionally well without an O-line, uh, but he needs it. He really does. So if they can do, you know, an average job at their job, I feel great about what Tua can do. And honestly, I would give them that division. Brandon Marshall the here. the Jets and the Bills, I would do it. Brandon Marshall here uh, on YouTube, SiriusXM, Faction Talk Channel 103, sitting with uh, one of our partners, uh, Liv, filling in. For our homie uh, Ashley Nicole Moss, who's in New York, in New York Fashion Week. 
I expect the paper chasers to give her shit when she comes back tomorrow. <laughs> a lot of shit. She missed. This was her moment, Liv, to talk about the Cowboys, it to was. rub it in Bianca's she, yeah. face. And, she and had BC's a lot of shit talking she could have done for sure. Right. I, I saw you guys going back and forth uh, uh, on Twitter a little bit. Are you trying to push her a little bit? And she's like, just calm down, calm down. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> but before we even get to the Cowboys, because we will, we got more to come on the Cowboys. Liv, what's good with Coach Payton? What was oh, it, 16, geez. 17? What happened there? You know what? Here's what's interesting to me. I'm going to try to remove the bias and like the fan base side of me for a second. Honest to God, I was watching a completely different and much improved offense. So why the hell are we getting the same result? I Mm. genuinely was watching that game, trying to figure out what was, I mean, Russell had a good game. 79% 79% completion rate, uh, zero interceptions, uh, two touchdown passes. I mean, he performed exceptionally better than what we saw last season, which as of last season was the main concern. It was never the defense. The defense took strides back. Now everyone's looking at Vance Joseph sideways. I thought the Broncos had a coaching advantage here. And then here comes Sean Payton with balls of steel with an onside kick right off the rip. What are you doing? (laughs) Baby steps, Sean. I mean, for God's sake, I know you're a great coach. I know you're one of the most offensive-minded and winningest coaches. You know, we're having really solid uh, Hall of Fame conversations about a guy like Sean Payton, in my opinion. I mean, what is up with the onside? Off the rip, that's how he starts the game. I was sitting there like, Oh, God, this could either be a really great thing or a really bad thing. Russ was hanging with Jimmy the whole time. Right. Well, And they still lost. This is what I would say. First off, it's hard to watch all the games, right? You know, you have so many games on one and a couple of games on at four. Then you have Sunday night football. It's hard to watch all of them, so you got to catch up, right? And so this is one of the games I had to come in and watch uh, the quick version. And watching this game, I will say that Russell Wilson looked really good. Um, I think that he was very methodical, uh, sorry, very strategic and very Mm -hmm. intentional on not trying to cook too fast and over deliver. Slow cook. We got to, we got to get in the slow cook. What is that thing called? Um, the crock pot? Crock pot. Pot roast. I feel like. He was making a pot roast. Yeah. I feel like Russell Wilson was crock pot cooking yesterday, right? Yeah, he was. He was. Everything Mm -hmm. I went through last year, everything the team went through last year. Let me not come out and try to prove to the world that I'm still him. Let me not come mm-hmm. out and get a tip uh, pass and interception, a pick six, or, you know, he did have a fumble that was saved by uh, uh, illegal touching, illegal contact, but he had one little fumble that he was able to get back. But Russell came out and he took advantage of what was open. You know, he didn't try to force anything, and he seemed very careful. So I expect Russell Wilson to go from the crock pot uh, to the kitchen, from the kitchen hell out on the on the balcony to start barbecuing because he looked good. His arm looked good. He was moving well. He did. Um, so I, I, I was I was I was shocked that they didn't score more points. Live because what you said was absolutely correct. This is the same defense that held everyone last year to under yeah. uh, beneath twenty points. And so all we're asking our offense to do is score three touchdowns. Give us three touchdowns, and we'll probably win ninety percent of our games. That defense is that good. Right. And they weren't able to do that against a Josh McDaniels led team, a defense that didn't even have Chandler Jones. Did Chandler Jones play? I don't think he played. Chandler Jones said, I don't want to even play for this general manager. I don't want to play for this head coach. Right. So for the the, the Broncos to go out there and only put up, you know, uh, uh, put up less than 20 points, 
you know, was was shocking to me. But I understand why they approached the game they did, or at least Russell Wilson. Like, Russell was out there just like, yo, I ain't going – if I go out – if Russell Wilson lived, went out there and threw a pick or two and lost, oh, my goodness. I think y'all would have probably – Y'all, y'all would have probably – y'all would have probably cut him or tr- – tried to cut him or trade him right there. Yeah. No, absolutely. And honestly, what a sick world we live in that the Raiders after week one are at the top of the AFC West. I know. But that's I could good. barf the Chiefs, thinking about it. Chiefs are 0-1. Broncos Ooh. 0-1. The Chargers, Chargers 0-1. 0-1. Yeah. You know who else is 0-1? All Ooh. right, last news of the day. You got the Cincinnati Bengals falling to the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. All right? We're talking about in little less than a day, a little over a day, you have Joe Burrow going from sugar to backing up the Brinks truck to shit. Just like that. Excuse my language, but that's exactly what it was. Like, <laughs> it, was, is, is jo- it was, This is Joey B. Joey B, he didn't even throw for over 100 yards. It's the less amount of yards that he threw for in his career, probably going back to peewee football. He completed 14 of 31 passes for no touchdowns. He also had no interceptions, so that was good. You know, he didn't make a bad day worse. But 24-3 loss to the Cleveland Browns. Now, I I think the Cleveland Browns live uh, is is a team that we need to watch out for. Absolutely. Um, you know, I also like the Tennessee Titans, but we can talk about them another time. So I'm not surprised that they won the game, but I am surprised that they won this way and that Joe Joe Burrow and that offense performed the way they did. Um, here's a video that I want to show uh, because uh, a little banter, a little talk going back and forth leading up to the game. Um, you know, Jamar Chase, you had Jamar Chase basically talking about, you know, just, just shitting on, I'm going to be honest, just shitting on the Cleveland Browns. To yep. the point where you had Miles Garrett like, yo, we might need to have a little talk. And so when you go out there and you talk that way, you got to back it up. And they weren't able to back it up. So it's like you got to be a man. After the game, you got to stand in front of the camera and the men and women on yep. the beat. And you got to say, you know what? They got it. They got the best of us. So here's a video of Jamar Chase doing just that. Oh, we don't have the video. Excuse me. Sorry about that, Liv. So, Liv, while they're looking at the video, we don't even need to put, throw the video up. What's your reaction there? Well, I mean, pretty pretty big, bold statement to call another team elves because um, what ended up happening was that Browns defense came out and made your whole team, your whole offense look like Santa's helpers out there. I mean, listen, it's one thing to be hanging close, but it was not close. And I was actually thrilled because – I did bet the Browns on the money line for new betters. That means I I predicted the Browns would upset the Bengals, which to many people is like, what? The Bengals have been a significantly better team. Well, in their last 10 meetings, the Bengals are two and eight against the Browns. Now in the 11 meetings, they are two and nine against the Browns. So I really like the Browns going into this game, but I did not anticipate the level of defense that they would be having against a team like the Bengals to embarrass Joe Burrow that badly is insane to me to hold the highest paid NFL player to under a hundred passing yards is nuts. I think this was, I mean, not just a testament to, and we can talk a little bit later about the overreaction stuff, but I feel like this was more of a testament to how solid the Browns defense was than it was to how bad the Bengals offense could be. So shout out to the Browns defense. They absolutely dominated. They looked incredible. But yeah, I mean, to call another team elves and then to get beat like that, um, he might want to be quiet the rest of the season. That's all I'm saying. That was giving very much Dylan Brooks vibes. 
Like you, you <laughs> poked the wrong bear, my boy. You uh... poked the wrong bear because they embarrassed the hell out of you. And what's interesting is you've got a Joe Burrow and you've got a, da- a, a Daniel Jones. They get paid and they have one of the worst performances in week one. Mm. Do we mm, need to take mm, your mm. money back? What's nah, going on nah, here? No, no, no. That might see live. That might be an overreaction. Some people. Well, I, you I know, know what? You ain't like sure... that. I know you ain't like that. I know. I know you're just poking a bear right now. Not I am. I'm, I'm pulling a Dylan Brooks because I'm feeling feisty on a on a Monday. Joe, Joe, sure Joe, Joe B here. Listen, I want to shift gears here. I want to <laughs> get into daily route. Uh, we hear you guys. Um, we know Ashley's not here, and you guys always pick on Ashley talking about we. Y'all always want to talk the Cowboys. Always want to talk the Cowboys. And I, and I'm looking at the chat. It's really y'all more than her. Like that's all. Oh. I, that's the, the chat is like the Cowboys. The Cowboys. The Cowboys. The Cowboys. So here you go. Let's go to daily route. Let's switch gears here. Um, Let's dive into this game a little bit more. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they walk into MetLife Stadium and they get the job done. Um, it was uh, the fifth time since 2007. The two teams play in opening night live. Uh, Sunday yeah. night football, Dallas has now won in four of those, uh, those games. And the yeah. 12 times the two teams have competed to start this campaign, the Cowboys have won all but once. Dallas has won five in a row against New York and have won 12 of the last 13 against their NFC rival. So, Liv, my question for you in daily route, and I'll jump it off here, right? The question that I have in daily route is this. Who surprised you more, the Dallas Cowboys or the Giants? And the reason why I ask that question is because I'm sitting there in, 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 in uh in O'Hara Airport last night watching. I told you the experience that I had. First time seeing, you know, America's team being celebrated this way, right? Like, of course, when I go into, you know, the star and you see all the fans there in the row, row, like, yeah, of course, I'm, I, I hear you, I see you. But to be in Chicago, in O'Hara, surrounded by all these people come, going different places, screaming for the, the, the Cowboys after every big play, was like, damn, this really is America's team. Never experienced anything like this. But as I'm watching this first half live in the airport, the only thing I could think about was the Giants. It wasn't really about the Cowboys. And so that's why I asked that question. It's like, was this more about the Cowboys or the Giants? For me, it was about the Giants, right? I, and I agree 100%. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that's going to overreact. And I keep saying overreact because week one, you know, the Cowboys – Team to beat. The Cowboys look phenomenal, right? Giants, there's going to be some people to say, maybe maybe myself, the Giants, worst team in the NFL, cooked. You just said it was the worst loss that we've ever seen, maybe? Yeah. Potentially. You can look at it. It's debatable. It's debatable. But, Liv, I'll say this. This is why this is an overreaction for me, is because when you look at this game, you can't fall. 16 and zero in the first quarter against this type of team, the way this team is constructed. Yeah, no. You can't. Why? Because you have a defensive line that's going to pin their ear backs and get after the quarterback. So mm-hmm. Daniel Dimes was, or you said Dan, Daniel Pennies. Dan, Daniel <laughs> Pennies was running for his life. <laughs> he was. All night. So why why are you able why were they able to do that? Because they didn't have to worry about the run. When you're down 16-0 and then when you're down 20 something, 30 something to zero, everybody in the in the stadium know and everybody watching knows that you gotta pass the ball. So now you got a guy like uh Micah Parsons uh that, that doesn't even have to worry about run. I never forget Elvis Dumervin when I was playing for the Denver Broncos, your Denver Broncos, he was excited when he got Peyton Manning. 
I said, why are you so excited, bro? He said, bro, because when, when you play defense, a line and defense end on a team that has a Peyton Manning or a Drew Brees, you know you're going to play with the lead. So what happens when you play with the lead? I don't have to worry about running. I can pin my ears back and just go. Right. So that's why it was so difficult for the Giants once they fell behind. And I'm sorry, guys. Sometimes we uh, we 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 uh, overanalyze these games and players, but it's super simple, right? There's a few things that we look at. Look at red red zone efficiency. Look at third down efficiency on both sides. Look at who's giving up points in the red zone and who, and who's not scoring. And there's another thing that you look at is turnovers. Turnovers are huge. You're not going to see any teams be successful turning the ball over three, four times. The Giants turned the ball over. The first drive, they, they, they march down, live, and they get a bad snap. Okay, how the hell do you snap the ball and, and Daniel Jones take a 20, 30-yard sack, whatever that was? And so now they set up for a long field goal. So special teams march out on the field. And now they get a blocked field goal to open up the season. But it's not only blocked, yeah. they pick it up and they, they score. So now you're, you're trailing and you lose the momentum. And so they had three moments like that and they never had a chance. So there's a lot. Of, I say all that to say this, Liv. There's a lot of people out there that's going to say that the, the Cowboys, who I picked to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So I, I, I love this. A great start for my, my picks. But there's a lot of people out there going to say, oh, yeah, the Cowboys, they're the best. They're great. They're phenomenal. And there's going to be teams out there saying the opposite about the Giants. And I would say this, that that stuff that you we saw last night is fixable, is coachable when we saw what we saw out of the Giants. And they just can't fall behind on a team like this. So everybody pump the brakes. The Giants are going to be okay. It's a good start for the Cowboys. But I think last night um, – is, is probably more distracting for us than it is telling. So, Liv, how did you Very see much. this? Was it, was it, were you, were you focused more on uh, uh, the Giants or the Cowboys? Oh, for sure the Giants. I mean, listen, this is a quarterback that just got paid $160 million and couldn't make a play. I, I, that, I mean, my jaw was on the floor. This is also a team that shocked a lot of people. I took their over on their win totals last season. It hit for plus money odds. I made some good money. You know, this is a team that, that really surprised people. But the reason that I took them last season was because Daniel Jones was fighting for a contract. Then he gets paid. And this is, this is what we get. Now I will play devil's advocate here and say that that Dallas defense is legit. And they were, they were really giving uh, Daniel Jones a hard time. But like you mentioned earlier, Let's talk about Saquon Bar Barkley, uh, uh, you know, arguably their strongest offensive player that they've got uh, started the season with a bad taste in his mouth. That was stupid. That was really stupid. Put a bad taste in Saquon Barkley's mouth to start the year when you've got a Daniel Jones that, yes, I think, you know, had a great season last year, but it was completely an overperformance. Do I think that the Giants will continue to look this poorly throughout the season? No. Um, do I do I think that the Cowboys will continue to look this great throughout the season? No. We've seen it a million times. You put Dak Prescott up against a solid defense. He goes from top tier to middle tier like this. Mm. So I'm not buying. Listen, the Cowboys convincingly won. But when you look at these two teams on paper, they should have. So I don't want to sit here and gas the Cowboys too much because I'm not going to applaud a fish for swimming. I mean, 
Look at these two. Look at these two <laughs> say rosters. That again. Say I that mean, again. you're not going to what? That kind of went. Over I'm not going to applaud a fish for swimming. You know, <laughs> Cowboys, you did your job. About time. You know what I'm saying? Like I would have been. It should have been 40 to zero. You look at these two teams on paper. There wasn't a chance for this Giants team. I'm sorry. There was a there was a QB advantage with the Cowboys. There was a defensive advantage with the Cowboys. Now you've got an offensive advantage because you've got a Saquon Barkley who's ticked off, and you've got a a Brandon Cooks um, and a CD Lamb combo. Listen, they should have whooped them. I, I I will say this. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, damn, I, I will be surprised because we got to think about Dak Prescott has only lost one game against the Cowboys. I mean, against the Giants. Only one. I mean, what is Dak in year seven, year eight? Mm-hmm. You got to go back to his rookie year, the last time he lost. So I, what I was going to say, I wouldn't have been surprised the next time they see each other, you know, second time around at the Cow- the, the Giants win. But actually, I will be. But this, I, I, I was going to go that route, Liv, because the Giants, what they're missing to me, is they're missing an explosive player on the outside, right? Like, who's that receiver that's going to stand, step, step up and make the big play? I'm not talking about dinking and dunking. I'm not talking about trickery. I'm not talking about, you know, out-scheming a guy. I'm talking about just a playmaker. Who's that dude that's going to make that play on Sunday Night Football like Odell Beckham Jr. made? Who's going to be that dude to go up and, and, and like a D-hop does when there's two, three dudes covering, but it's a got-to-have-you moment? You know, they got that young rookie who's wearing 13, um, you know, they're high on him. Can he potentially do it? Is the is the stage, is the city too big for him? I don't know. But but to me, not having that explosive player on the outside is the Giants' way of saying they don't believe in Daniel Jones. Mm. Well, well, explain that think, to me. I don't explain think that, that they're going to gonna invest in an offense if they don't truly trust that their quarterback is going to do his part mm. in making that offense work. The problem so you're saying, is... So you're, got, saying, so you're saying that... The Giants rather put their money in their defense aside and say, y'all go win us the championship like the Baltimore Ravens defense did and the Pittsburgh Steelers defense did. And there's so many other examples out there. And it's like, look, Daniel Jones, you just got to hold it down with what we give you. Is that what yes. you're saying? That's what you're saying? Yes. Yes. 100%. Wow. Because, again, look at look at who the offense was. It was a Saquon Barkley. Hand him the ball and let him do his thing. They mm. weren't ever building an offense around – Danny Dimes to to essentially be the leader. I mean, you know, maybe emotionally, he he definitely gives like sweet papa vibes. I'm sure he's very <laughs> sweet and awesome, but from a from an offensive perspective, that's not a quarterback I'm building an offense around. Listen, they're not far Absolutely off. Absolutely not. Listen, uh Liv, I'll say this the the New York football giants are not far off. And some people are going to watch this film and say, man, this team is bad. They're hitting in the wrong direction. I disagree. Brian Dayball needs to keep his composure, his poise, because he is mm-hmm. a fiery guy and needs to under needs to sell his team on a bigger picture and how long this season is. There's so many things that can change come week six, week seven, week eight. It could right. be one injury in a division. It could be one in, injury in a game that totally flips the mo- momentum from just like a positioning standpoint. So if Brian yep. Dayball leans into his leadership and show the poise and the composure, like, look, guys, take a deep breath. Let's correct this. I truly believe this, and some people might laugh at me. The stuff that we saw Daniel Jones uh, 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 do last night, as far as the one pick on the on the right side getting out, and you had Gilmore uh, intercept that ball, like that's that's that that's coachable, right? Even For the sure. other interception, people are just going to look at the stat line, the box score, and say, "Oh, he threw two picks." No, he threw it to Saquon. Saquon turns up field. 
the defender puts his hat right on the ball like a bang-bang play, perfect position, freak play, and he picks the ball off. Like, how many times are we going to see that? So you don't panic in a situation. You don't panic because special teams, you shouldn't lose games off of special teams. Those things are no. f- correctable. Okay? Yeah. No, you're right. So, so, so I, I say all that to say this. If I'm the Giants, you know what I do? I go get Mike Evans. Mike Evans mm. gave the, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks a Saturday uh, deadline to get a deal done. Uh, Friday night, the Bucks. There was a report that came out that said the Bucks are not going to offer him anything. If I'm Mike Evans, I say, okay, salute. I'm probably top five in the franchise. When yep. you come to faces Deuces. of the franchise, who's been here um, ten years, mm-hmm. does some amazing things, won the Super Bowl. My time up. My time is up here. It's okay, and I'm gonna come back. I'll retire, Buck. I'll continue to keep my house and and, and do my business in the community. But now it's time to move on. And the Giants are a great landing spot for them because they need a guy like that. No, they do. They do, for sure. So let's move on here, Liv. Uh, Are the Cowboys the the team to beat in the division? Hey, we got to produce the show, right? I know it's week one, Liv. I I get it. You know, and the Philadelphia Eagles, they were were, were in the Super Bowl last year. They stacked. Right, they had a Fair phenomenal question. offseason, the draft, but we got to have the discussion. Are they the team to beat in the division? I mean, if we're going solely off of week one, yeah, yeah, I would say that they are. However, haven't we seen this story before? I mean, let's not pretend like we haven't seen the Cowboys start with a very dominating um, season and even dominating throughout the entire regular season. But when it matters most, you know, same story, different year. So th- that's where I don't even like letting myself fall into the Cowboys trap right? because it can happen like this, where I am like, oh my God, I love what I see. They've got everything that they need. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who's standing in the way of all of it is the old fart running the whole thing. Jerry Jones. What do you mean? I mean the moment he starts, because let me tell you something, Dak Prescott to me performs best without any of this unnecessary BS pressure applied on his shoulders. And the person that's always applying it is the person at the very top of the food chain. Hold on. For what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's debate this. So oh, here we go. So you're saying he performs best. So okay, his he, when he's when he doesn't have the pressure from uh within internally, right? Did mm-hmm. I hear you correctly there? Mm-hmm. All right, Dak Prescott's in what, year nine, I believe? Is it year mm-hmm. nine? He's in year nine. So his best has gotten him what? You don't see Jerry Jones using the Trey Lance trade. You don't see Jerry Jones using these tactics as far as like, look, we need, we want to win now. You don't see him using that to actually say, okay, your best ain't good enough. We need a little bit more. I'm 120 years of age, and I, I don't know how much longer I got, and I want to win the Super Bowl before I like. I, I just gotta keep it real. Like I would feel that way. Like I, you know, if I'm an owner and I'm getting up there in age, long in the tooth, I'm gonna be like, damn, I need to see it right now. So. You don't see this as a as a good strategy? No. Wow. I don't. Okay. Because I don't I because I think that from the jump, um Jerry Jones has missed Romo and hasn't and hasn't been a, a fan of his own quarterback in Dak Prescott. I think I don't think that Jerry Jones believes in Dak Prescott. So to me, wow. if you're trying to get a Super Bowl before the end of your time, you know, you're climbing the life ladder, you're getting older, you're trying to see a Super Bowl but you don't believe in your quarterback, then move on. 
He like, paid him. But there's, Liv, he paid him. And what? then went to the public and said that we overpaid him. Why would you say <laughs> you decided what kind of money you gave this man? And then you went out there, put your face on camera and said, yeah, we pay him too much money. So why, why would you even say that if you're the one that's agreeing to pay Dak Prescott the type of money he makes? That to me is an unnecessary pressure. Why did you even say that to the public? Why did you keep head coach and Dak Prescott on an island when it came to the Trey Lance conversation? What kind of mind games are we doing here? Mm. Unnecessary. So, so maybe, so weird. maybe, so maybe the next question, maybe the next question. Uh, well, let me answer this question first before I move on. I'm just like asking you questions without answering <laughs> them myself. But are the Cowboys a team to beat in the division? My answer is um, yes. It's it's yes. Uh, you know. I, the past 24 years, we haven't seen a team win a division back-to-back. -back. Uh, the Cowboys, True. there's some – it comes down to Dak Prescott. It, it that's does. it. It's plain and simple. You know, like, <laughs> when you have a quarterback that can lead the way, you know, you have uh, a, a better chance because you can look around the league and there's so much, you know, terrible play at the quarterback position. So that's when you see, you know, uh, Brock Purdy be efficient – why it can all work when you see a Joe Burrow go out there and light things up? Why it can all work without an offensive line? So Dak Prescott can actually make the guys around him better. We saw yeah. this just two years ago. The dude was averaging, had his offense averaging 500 yards a game, number one in the NFL before he broke his ankle. So we've seen him play at, a, at the highest level at the quarterback position, throw for 300, 300 something yards a game. We've seen that. And then this whole interception thing, that's a, a story. That's a narrative that's been created by all the Cowboy haters. The dude has protected the ball more than any other quarterback in the league. That's how he got – that was his, his claim to fame. When he first got there, it's was like, look at this rookie quarterback. He, he, he's 20-something touchdowns and only two, three interceptions. Like, that was Dak Prescott. So I I, tr I would say yes. Now the Philadelphia Eagles they were in the Super Bowl last year. Live, um, we know they're stacked, but I you know look, the Cowboys are right there. They have one of the best rosters in the NFL, and it's going to mm -hmm. come down to Dak Prescott number one, and then also if Coach McCarthy will get out the way. This is Coach McCarthy's now. He's calling the plays again. Remember, Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator. Now he's uh, out in L.A. with the Chargers. So let's see what Coach McCarthy does as well. Uh, there was no pressure. Uh, uh, there was no pressure applied to Dak Prescott and Coach McCarthy last night. So we'll see in week two. And, and, and the That's reason right. why I said I may have to change this next question before I answer that one uh, is because, I, you know, is it more so about Dak or Jerry Jones to your answer? Uh, you know, is, is, is Dak running out of excuses? That's my question. Is Dak running out of excuses? But is it more so is the Cowboys running out of excuses? That should be the question because you're, you're, you're blaming Jerry Jones. I think he's definitely part of the problem, mm. for sure. I think he's definitely part of the problem. I think here's what's hard. You know, you've got America's team that gets more media attention than, you know, any other team. And it's been this way for a very, very long time. And um, they've got an incredible roster and they fall short every year guess what no one really cares about the lions falling short every year no one really cares about the, the the cardinals having a really bad season this year nobody's cared about the commanders falling short every year the cowboys have demanded this attention it's who mm. they are so all eyes on you every move you make every off season you know every trade every off season move that you make every game matters and so for me um, yeah, it doesn't all fall on Dak Prescott. To your point, he had a lot of interceptions last season. A lot of those you can't just blame on Dak. 
Um, so this isn't just about Dak Prescott. It's the Cowboys team as a whole. You know, if you re if you reread the same chapter of the same book uh, 255 times, but you're expecting the end result to be different, you're you're expecting some plot twist at the end of the same chapter. Get real. Uh, what I do think the upside is for the Cowboys this year, something that I think the Cowboys did well this year is it feels like we finally have an offense. That's a little more catered to Dak. What I have felt for the past, you know, many seasons of falling short with the Cowboys is they basically give Dak whatever offense that they feel, which again, part of the problem is you've got a lot of those front office people that are not football minded individuals. Um, I'm, I've never played the game. So you and I even have very different interpretations and perspectives on football. And so to have football-minded people running the show is very important to me. And I think that what they did well this year was build an offense more catered to Dak rather than saying, hey, Dak, here's your offense, figure it out. Okay. That's where I struggle is I don't feel like they've always set Dak up for success. All right. So, so – so, Well, here's what I would say. I, I think the Cowboys – the Cowboys, uh, Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones, however you want to cut it, they're out of excuses. Yes. Like they're in a phenomenal Agreed. position. And, and, this is a, and, this, position. And, and this is the type of pressure that you should welcome. This ain't this is not a bad thing. When we when we go out there and we watch, you know, ESPN and FS1 or hell, a paper out on YouTube, right? And, and people say, well, the the, the, the Dak, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are out of excuses. Why do the, the players or the coaches, the organizations or the fans take that person? Why are you hating them? No, it's not hating. That's a that's a that's a privilege to be in a position yeah. where people are saying that you're that good that you should be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, now there's times is. like I, I understand this whole uh, cowboy commentary where there's times where it's like, yo, y'all not that good. But over the past five, six years, this team has been one of the premier teams in the NFL. And that's why I pushed back on you earlier, Liv, when you when you when you kind of took a shot, when you took a shot at Jerry Jones. Cause I feel like Jerry Jones has done a phenomenal job putting together a roster and not overreacting. Like when I first got in the league, I put Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder in the same bucket. Those were owners throwing money at situations. Anything flashy, anything that had a big name, oh, we go get him. Let's b- bring the star in. But then mm-hmm. Jerry Jones kind of like uh, uh, did a 180 where he's like, you know what? Forget that. Let me go build my team within. And right. he wasn't going out there getting the the, the high profile, you know, uh, uh, free agent uh, pickup of the year. He wasn't doing that. What was he doing? He was drafting and being pa- patient and paying his guys that were developed from within the organization. So to me, this is a great position to be in. And this what comes with this type of territory, right? When this is the standard for the organization, when you have this type of roster, yes, you're out of excuses. Now, it sucks because, you know, if are we going to say if the Cowboys make it to the NFC Championship and they don't make it to – they don't advance, that this was a bad year? So is it Super Bowl or bust? Jesus, I I wasn't even created in the womb the last time they won. What if they make it to the Super Bowl? What if they make it to the Super Bowl and they lose? Is that still a terrible – is that a bad year for them? I mean, it depends on what, here's the thing. I'm not saying that's a bad year. Cause I would, I would go as, as far to say that the Eagles had a great year last year. They just didn't win at all. But what I'm going to tell you is you just listed off a million things that you think Jerry Jones has done right. But guess what? They haven't won a Super Bowl since 96. So he can't be doing that much. Right. Mm. That's my point is even when they do things right, even when they have successful regular seasons, 
is the end goal in football not to win a Super Bowl? Is hmm. that not the end goal for all of these teams and players and coaches and it, owners? It is, it is, but only a few teams and organizations are really in position to get it done. If we really want to the be The Cowboys honest. have been in position to get it done. They've been in position. They've been in They've position. They've been in position. And they're more in position now than ever, so it's time. Okay. It's time. Um, Liv, let's move on. Um, you know, I, I was, was going to ask some other questions about the Cowboys, um, but I think we can move on, maybe circle back a little later. This is Brandon Marshall. This is Liv Moods. Okay, make sure y'all follow her. You know, she's an expert in all things sports. But Liv, what I really enjoy uh, listening to is uh, your 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 opinions and your analysis and, you know, uh, everything around betting. Um, so, like, make sure, you know, if y'all out there and y'all betting, y'all follow Liv because Liv uh, got the info to get a big bag. <laughs> Liv, biggest upset this Sunday. Mm. I, I mean, I think we touched on it a little bit, but I'd probably say the Bears were it personally the biggest upset to me just because I did not foresee Jordan Love to have the game that he had, and I was just disappointed in the offense um, or lack thereof of mm. this Bears team. So I would go that route. I would say from a betting perspective, the way in which the Bengals lost – and the game that they didn't even perform in, I would say from a betting perspective, there were a lot of people betting on the Bengals. Right. A lot of people thought the Bengals were going to win that comfortably. Really? Hell, they even took the spread. Oh, yeah, what, they even what? took the spread. I think I saw 75% of the bets were on the Bengals to cover, which I think was a – it was flirting around three and a half to two and a half. So Vegas thought they would win by at least three or four points. And about 75% of bets were on the Bengals to cover that spread. And they, Liv, they can you educate me? Can you help me out here? Of course. You know, because I played in a, I played for a long time. And, you know, um, gambling is supposed to be illegal or against the rules, off limits for players. Now, obviously, <laughs> over the last two years, <laughs> we've seen a lot of guys in the NFL yeah. be suspended because they betting. I don't know what they doing, but – they, you know, the NFL is watching. They're like the feds. They got tracking they devices on all these apps. They watching yeah. you. They watching your mama. So you can't even say, hey, mama, I'm going to hey, throw you grandma, this. Hey, grandma, place this parlay for you me. Can't even do it. They following <laughs> everything. But but yeah. but you talk about Vegas. Like, what does that mean? You're like, you know, yo, Vegas says, like, what? Vegas? Who is Vegas? I, I'm telling you. Who are these you, people? It's scary business because I will, I will go into game. Okay. Perfect example. Vegas is basically the sports book. It's who sets the line and who's, who determines that the over-under total is 50 and a half or who determines that the spread is two and a half versus 10 and a half, right? Like Vegas set and said, we believe that the the Tex or the Ravens should win by 10 at least, right? So that's, that's Vegas. It's the sports book. And where they get their information from is beyond me. Cause let me tell you some weird, some weird crap. I'm looking at the slate the other day and I'm going, okay, what do I want to bet? I immediately said to myself, and this was when the spread was five and a half. So Vegas had it right. They nailed it right on the head. I said, why are the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, only a five and a half point favorite? Why? <laughs> Mac Jones, uh, Maybe a coaching advantage and some home field advantage. Defensively, the Eagles can hang with this Patriots team. What's with the five and a half? Yeah. Eagles win by five. Who uh, would have? 
Who would have called that? I mean, these are the types of things. Vegas is so scary accurate sometimes that I am like, this is why people talk NFL script. So is this? Is they're this, like, how did you know that? Like, so, how did you know this was going to happen? That's insane to me. No, this is good. So is this like, uh, is this like Web three AI generated? Like, is there is there some big computer in Vegas that's just putting all putting together these bets? I mean, it should honest potentially because I'm telling you, it should scare people how accurate Vegas is sometimes. Right. It's terrifying. Right. Um, so so it, this is this is all interesting to me, interesting to me hearing you talk about this whole betting world. Um, mm -hmm. So how should we approach it? Right. Like I want you know, I got let's say my budget. I'm anywhere from twenty five hundred twenty five dollars to one hundred dollars, you know, uh, a bet. Right. So I might put twenty five here on this parlay, twenty five over there. How should I be approaching it? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, when you're on a hot streak, it's it's real. It feels real good to puff up your chest and and start uh, increasing those units and, and go, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to put 50 on it. Let me tell you what happens after a hot streak. Jack Frost is coming to town and that cold streak is right behind it. And I'm telling you right now, you do not want to be caught mm. with $50 on a parlay in a cold streak era. So I would say money management is probably the most important. I stick to my units are ten dollars. So if I say I'm putting three units on this, that means I'm putting thirty bucks on this parlay, and that means I really like it. Or I'm putting five units on Brown's money line. I'm putting fifty bucks on it. I do not exceed fifty. Is kind of my max. I do not exceed that um, because again, you also have to shop around. Shop around for good value. You know, we'll talk a little bit about the Monday night football game tonight. There's some sneaky good value in some of those plays. So I'd rather put less money on a bet and and find great value than mm -hmm. take, you know, I don't know. Uh, if you take the Ravens to to win outright, well, yeah, no crap. Vegas has got them favored so, by 10. So you're not going to get much money back. You so, got to be you got to be shopping around. So what I what I hear. Right. And this is this is important. Right. Because I think. There was a report that came out, some, I don't know, study, I don't know, case that came out that said that there's going to be 75 million people betting NFL uh, through the season. It's a lot mm -hmm. of money. You know, we're talking about, I don't even know how many billions is being spent in advertising on, you know, positioning from the biggest sports book and how, many mo how much money is flowing through the sports book uh, every single week. So it's a lot of money. And so there's a lot of people that are now – you know, starting to dibble and dab in it, but may not understand, you know, that there's strategy there. You know, it's almost like the market almost, right? Like, because you go in the market, anytime you put your money somewhere and you're expecting something to happen because somebody else is in control, it's a gamble, right? It but is. Th there's a difference between going out there and saying, yo, let's just, let's just go throw dice and then having a strategy and a plan. So hearing you talk, uh, uh, just the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, there's a strategy uh, behind you know, some of these approaches or should be a strategy. Sure. It should, should be a strategy. Be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's some good. of the best sports bettors in the world are only hitting 50% of their bets. So for casual or degenerate bettors, it's very easy to, to ride that high and be like, woo, I'm on fire. Let me up my units. Let me put this, you know, 10 leg parlay together, whatever. The best sports bettors that do it for a living are hitting around 50%. Okay. So, you just got to be cautious. You just got to be cautious. Well, there, there you go, uh, uh, paper chasers. You know, make sure y'all have a nice little strategy down. You know, Liv is giving y'all game. And look, just don't, you know, make sure you're smart about it. Um, Liv, right. the upset for me, 
Uh, I know you 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 talked about um, who did you pick? Sorry, the Bears. You picked Bears the Bears. Game. There you go. Yeah. I you know I picked the Giants, right? I picked the Giants because there's no way in hell you should open up the year um, this way, forty to zero. All right. Now, does things like this happen? Absolutely. We're talking about um, you know turnovers. That's what that 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 was the difference in this game. But yep. to be on Sunday Night Football. And to lose 40 to zero, you couldn't find one, not two drives to make it respectable. I don't even know how if that would have been respectable, but this is embarrassing because you do have a, a really good defense. You do have a quarterback. You have a quarterback live. I don't care if we like it or not. They they paid him 100-something million, yes. 40 million a, lot a year. Of, a lot of money. Right? You got Saquon Barkley, top five back in the NFL. Uh, Brian Dayball, one of the hottest coaches in the NFL last year. How do yep. you guys do this? So it was disappointing. Um, the Seattle Seahawks was another team live that was disappointing to me. Um, you know, they're, you know, going into this year, we're talking about like the position of different teams and different divisions. And you're looking at, you know, this division, you're like, okay, well, we know what the 49ers are. Okay. It's just a matter of time before they either get over the hump or they don't. Right. Cause they, they got like two years to, to get it done, but we know they're contenders and they're the real deal. Okay. Right. But what's going on with the Rams? The Rams just won a Super Bowl two years ago. They pretty much paid for it. They, it was earned, but their their strategy was different. They went out there saying, yeah. we don't give a damn about first-round picks, right? Like a, a, a veteran player is more valuable than a first-round pick, and we don't know what we're getting. So they trade yeah. away everything. Like we're, They mortgaged their entire future, and they actually hit on it. They were one of the ones that did a great job playing money ball in football. You see this a lot in baseball. So they did a great job. But now you, there's no Odell Beckham Jr. There's no Jalen Ramsey. There's so many. Uh, Bobby Wagner was there last year, not there anymore. Like, there's so many guys that are not there from that Super Bowl team. Offensively, there was no Cooper Cup. I Matthews, was just going to say, that's the more impressive piece of this, is that he was without his best offensive player in Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford, too. People are high on Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was hurt last year. Yep. And Matthew Stafford went out there and, like, lit it up. What he, it was like 30, 330 yards, two touchdowns, mm -hmm. zero interceptions. And you I was trying it. to tell people, it's like, yeah, they're, it's not like they're rebuilding. They know that, they know, they know that, you know, they're, they're behind the eight ball, but there's no way in hell Coach McVay is walking into the facility every single day saying that I'm not going to go, I'm not trying to go win this game or we're not capable of winning this game. He alone, Baby boy wonder, baby boy genius. Like, I mm -hmm. feel like he thinks he can win it. Like, all right, let me just put these put yeah. these pick players in pl place and, and let me put he's it this way. Coach. Right, he's different. Then you got Aaron Donald. Yeah. I don't know yeah. who the hell uh, these receivers were. Uh, something, a tutu? Where'd he come from? And Panuchu? <laughs> Sorry, I ain't trying to chop, <laughs> chop on nobody's name. <laughs> I ain't trying to chop on yeah, nobody's no. name, but I... Like, who, who are... You, Again, you no, kind of no them? names to the public. Like, these are people that we... We haven't had to pay attention to him, though, because like you said, Super Bowl teams stacked. Then you've got, you know, they kind of fall off the map a little bit because Matthew Stafford's got an injury riddled season. The only name that I think most people care to know about right now is Cooper Cup. And actually, it's funny because as I was looking through the, the rundown for today and typing my notes, I didn't even write the, the two receivers names down. All I said was no Cooper Cup <laughs> right. and and Stafford. That's disrespectful. For, you, yeah, you, you more two disrespectful of his receivers had over a hundred yards. I don't even know what their names are. If you two, asked me right now, two, I wouldn't be able to tell two, you. Two, but two two at well, 
Six receptions okay. for 119 yards. There you go. 19, 20 yards, uh, a catch, eight targets. And I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but yeah, Puka. Yeah, I know his name. I'll Puka know his name Nakua, moving forward. Puka Nakua, 10 receptions, 119 yards as well. See? 12 yards go. a catch, okay, off of 15 targets. Wow. I just don't think anyone went into this game, like, going, okay, let me look at what's the weapons that Stafford has because, you know, well, what is he going to do without Cup? I was, I've been so high on Geno Smith and the Seahawks and, and, and finally having a true slot-wide receiver in Jackson Smith and Jigba that, that I wasn't even paying attention to what the Rams were going to bring to the game. If we're being honest, I really wasn't. Yeah. I think what happened was a, a, a healthy Matthew Stafford is what happened, and the Seahawks weren't prepared for it. I wasn't yeah. prepared for it. He's got a very new, very young roster that he has admittedly said, I'm struggling to connect with these guys a little bit. Right. So I went into this game thinking, you know, this is a, this is a very convincing win by the Seahawks um, because they're better prepared, and I trust their QB more. And, and then Stafford showed up. And so. Liv, think about this. You know, guys around the NFL, teams around the NFL, hell, even in the divisions, like, oh, damn, god damn it. Like, we we didn't think we had to worry about the Rams for another few years. Right. Right. Like, where did this come from? There's some people probably like, man, is this the real deal or not? I don't think people are overreacting. But for them to go in Seattle, to tw like, to have the in, in the 12s backyard. Yep. And lose this way. Man. That's brutal. And I and think no there's Cooper Cup. You put Cooper Cup in that equation. I'm a little scared about what this Rams offense could be doing. They might they're gonna make some noise. Yeah. So hopefully they get it right. You know, Pete Carroll, he has high hopes for this season. You know, they got the pieces. They got three dogs at the wide receiver position. They got a decent running uh, running game. And Geno Smith, Geno yep. Smith got the big contract because he earned it and he played extremely well last year. Mm -hmm. Off the charts. Uh defensively, I just don't know how. You just get gashed like that. Um, yeah, but we'll move on. And, 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 you know, obviously week one, there were some great matchups. Um, there were some upsets. Uh, you know, there were some great games that started off well the first half and then teams start separating themselves. Like I think about the Baltimore Ravens live, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm watching, you know, the scores, you know, as I'm at the Bears and in the Packers game. And I'm watching like, damn, is the Texans actually going to uh, play with the Baltimore Ravens? And the Baltimore Ravens separated themselves. You know, there were some other games out there, right? Um, we, we saw Detroit and Kansas City, obviously, Thursday night to open it up. Tampa Bay and Minnesota. Baker Mayfield, yep. right? Yeah, what Baker who? Like, what? Right. So let's jump into week one overreactions, Liv. I, I you know, I, 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 I hit you up late. I said, Liv. Right now, we turn on the two. There's going to be a lot of people out there screaming and yelling. This team sucked. This player need to be cut. We overpaid. You may have done it, Liv, in your nice way. I think way. I did. I actually think I did it uh, on this very show. We could, yeah. There's, no, I think you just a... said you went from we call him Danny Dimes to Danny Penny. Was that an overreaction, Liv? No, I stand by that. You stand <laughs> Okay, well, let's jump into week one overreactions. <laughs> I would love to get your three. You know, I asked you to yes. give me three. Send it over to Jazz. Jazz creates an amazing graphic. And let, let's see. Let, let, walk us through your overreactions. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy right now to say AFC North belongs to the Ravens. I mean, 
or you could bring the Browns into conversation who we just chatted about. But I think I know for myself personally, I was very high on Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and I still am. I think that that is going to be one of the major overreactions. It does not help that he just became the highest paid player in the NFL. And then to have the performance that he did, definitely, you know, I it warrants an overreaction or two. But I think the Bengals will be fine. I really do. Joe Burrow is still that guy. Uh, and they got embarrassed last season, week one, against the Steelers. And and they bounced back just fine. So he's got enough weapons around him. I'm not worried about it. They will definitely figure out what they need to right. figure out. I've also got, is Brock Purdy before, the real deal? Before you go before you go there, Liv, sorry to cut you off, but I just want no, to be good. clear here. What this is, is, you know, this is what's happening around the league, right? Like every year, week one, week two, week three, week four, you know, some of our, you know, uh, uh, f- you know, f- most famous commentators and analysts yep. and athletes too go out there and overreact in week one, you know, and then, you know, the first couple of weeks we do that. And what we need to be doing is just paying attention, taking our notes, right? Yep. Tracking certain storylines or different, uh, uh, different uh, little tales that teams are giving you. And then right around right around week four, week five, then this is like, okay, this is this is this is what's going on here, right? And so yeah, you can come out and have bold statements and opinions, but to overreact, I think it's a bit yeah. much. So Liv is walking us through uh her week one overreactions, things that we're paying attention to on Twitter and maybe on ESPN and FS one and maybe even on this show. Maybe, maybe just maybe we might do a little overreacting right because i might contradict here. myself live i may contradict myself when Listen, i do <laughs> honestly it's hard not to uh but no yeah i think the noise when i look at what happened yesterday um and you could even flash back to to the thursday night football game as well that warranted some overreactions but yeah you're seeing people talk about you know, Bengals are ruled out based on a really horrible performance. I don't believe it. I'm not buying it. I think the Bengals are still going to be a competitive force in the AFC North. I trust in Joe Burrow and and his stacked offensive roster. I think that he will be fine. Uh, Brock Purdy had an exceptional game. His connection to Ayuk was something special. Now, I would feel a little bit better. You know, everyone's talking Brock Purdy, the real deal. They want me to buy in. To what Brock Purdy's doing right now, I'll buy in, but only if it's on sale. Bogo, buy one get one because I'm not fully convinced just yet. And I know that sounds crazy as a Steelers money line better. Olivia, you're still a hater, doubter. No, 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 none of that. Um, I really just need to see him play against uh, teams that look a little more serious. I thought the Steelers looked like Pee Wee football out there. So I want to see Brock Purdy up against you know. Some more competition, um, some division matchups. I think that's where we'll really, I'll really be sold. And then final overreaction, are the Broncos heading for another losing season? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because the largest Ooh. issue from last season was Russell Wilson. He looked great. So we just need that defense to be back where it's been for years. Um, and every point for the Broncos matters every single point you know some teams can get by with a missed field goal a mix a missed um extra point not the denver broncos Mm. no 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 you just can't afford it so they uh i don't think that they're headed for another losing season i think they'll be all right but they got to tighten up a little bit and guess what that's what week one is for right right. figure out where your little mistakes are your boo-boos put band-aids on them tighten things up and move on you know if you dwell on on the week one you know losses whatever 
you're screwed. So yep. I, I think that I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals will be fine. I think Brock Purdy had an excellent game, but I don't know how long that will last. And I think okay. the Broncos will be fine. Okay, I love it. I love it. Now, uh, Liv, keep me honest here, right? Okay. Because this is everybody else's overreactions, and okay. we're saying slow down, sports world, NFL world, 320 million Americans, give or take a few, and a hundred. And 20 are avid football fans. This is football country. I see the, the Denver Nuggets posters and championship banner behind you, Liv. I don't know why you haven't switched it out yet, put the Denver Broncos stuff up. But well, you're still there's selling. a little helmet right here. I just, you know. Well, see, that's the problem. Go ahead. Well, I mean, if they – listen, I'm not embarrassed to be a Denver Broncos fan. I just, like – I don't need a big old Broncos logo hanging above my head reminding me about what I saw yesterday. You know, I'm trying to leave it in the past. Okay. Move on. All right. Eyes all right. on the future. Well, well, well here we go. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to overreact here. I don't think I'm going to play into the stigma. I don't think that I'm going to be the, the talking head that does this after one week. And we're still okay. not really technically out of week one because we have what? The Jets and the Bills Monday tonight in New York. That's right. Okay. So, so, so guys, take this as a, like bold statements, not my, me overreacting. So the first one, uh, Liv, and, and I think you lost a lot of money on this first one. And I don't know why, Liv, you're someone I respect so much in this space. And for you to go out there and take the money line, take the Steelers on the money line, I'm like, what? I know. What? I know. Right. But, but, but Liv, this is what I say. The, the Steelers have been mediocre for how many years now? Think about mediocre. it. That we're feels a little harsh. No, it's not. It's the truth. We're, we've been celebrating Coach Tomlin. We've been celebrating Coach Tomlin for not lose, having a losing season. That's what we've been doing the last five years. Oh, the, 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 the Steelers are terrible. Big Ben goes down. Or, or, or Watt goes down. Right? What are they going to do to salvage the season? Here comes Mike Tomlin. And now he gets them to eight and seven or blah, 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 blah. We've been celebrating mediocre play. Which all I see you you said it earlier that somebody else in the chat was like mid like Dan, Danny Dimes is mid and Justin something is mid. mid like like that's what we're celebrating so cool you know what True. I'm saying like you haven't had a losing season yet but Bill Belichick did the same thing there's only a few coaches that's had these legendary runs 13 14 15 years never having a losing season Bill Belichick did it but they were winning 11 and 12 games a year right and Fair. so I'm saying that because. Uh, it's, it's how I feel going into this year, so it's not an overreaction. But I don't think the Steelers are okay. You know, and there's some people like, you know, all right, there's a lot of overreaction right now. It's week one. The Steelers will be okay. What is okay? It's what we've been getting the last five or six years? I don't think there's gonna, they're going to be okay. We talked about this earlier, Liv. You know, there was one superstar or one person that stood out on that film to me, and that was Mr. Watt. Everybody else yeah. looked mid. That's what y'all was, was mid, right? Was I mid. love the wide receiver, but y'all got to put him in position uh, uh, to, to do some damage. The second one is the Cowboys are the best. Now, this is a tough one for me, Liv, because I picked the Cowboys to win the Super – not win the Super Bowl, but to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I believe they will be in Las Vegas. I believe that this is the year. I'm not subscribing to the Dallas Cowboy commentary. I'm just looking at football. That's all I'm looking at. Dak Prescott wasn't here 20 years ago. 
You know, players walking in, you know, uh, Parsons wasn't here 20-something years ago. Uh, Trayvon Diggs wasn't here uh, 20 something years ago. That defensive coordinator, Daniel Dan Quinn, he wasn't here 10 years ago, seven years ago, five years ago. These guys got their own goals, their own plans, right? Jerry Jones is carrying that baggage, but not them, right? There might right. be some people in the building still carrying that that's been there 20, 30 years, but them guys in the locker room, all they care about, they're here now. The pressure really is on Dak Prescott. But, you know, with all that being said, after this game, Right. Everybody's high. There's a lot of people high on the, on the Cowboys. I'm high on the Cowboys. I'm not subscribing to, you know, oh, my goodness. Every year is the year. Every year is the year. No, this is a really good team. Look at the roster. Look at the defense. Look at the wide receivers. You tell me this isn't a really good team. And then also we keep we keep talking bad about uh, Dak Prescott. Well, let's look at the first nine years of his career and compare them to Ben Roethlisberger's first nine years. Compare them to Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and I can go on and on and on. His numbers are better. The, well, the only stat line that isn't better, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. So that's what we can talk about in debate, but don't tell me he's not a good quarterback. I'm a wide receiver that had 17, 18 quarter. Oh, you want to jump in there? You want to debate that, Liv? Is that what we want to do here? Oh, no, I'm just um, very, I'm just listening. Okay, that's why you put the hand out. I was like, oh, we want to go. Well, no, you know, I was going to say, it just goes back to the Super Bowl conversation, which to me is obviously the end goal. So it's like, you know, I like that you're a good quarterback, but honestly, I don't care if you're not winning a Super Bowl. Mm, okay, I hear you. But He's the good. alternative He's not good enough. So what's the alternative, though? So, you look, 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 let's, let's, go, let's, go, let's go into a quarterback purgatory. All right, you're not good enough, so we go trade for trade lands. <laughs> All right, no, you go no. be like the Bucks. Okay, well Baker Mayfield's our solution. Like, what's well, the alternative? No, no, no. You here's the alternative: you keep Dak Prescott, and you keep having a football team that's okay with being great in the regular season and tanking in the in the playoffs when it matters most. And then guess what? You find uh, America's new team. And we stop talking about it. Mm. And we stop talking about the Cowboys every year like it's their year. Well, I think it's going to be hard to do that, Liv. I told you this already sitting in the I airport know. last night. I was, <laughs> I'm just sitting there just enjoying my glass of wine. I said, let me get a house cab. And freaking the ball snapped over the quarterback's head or whatever to block field goal. And everybody's screaming at the terminal. Oh, I'm like, oh, what were they screaming? Is it, is, was they screaming for, like, the play? Because a lot of times we react to the play, or were they actually screaming right. for their team? And so then the next play happened, right? Uh, I think it was uh, the interception or something or a big play. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what was the next big play. And everybody starts screaming. It's like, oh, these are Dallas Cowboys fans. So, Liv, it's going to be hard um, for, 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 for us to say, you know, they're not America's team. I don't – you know what they go back to? You know why they call it America's team? They go mm -hmm. back to America's team because when – uh, we start broadcasting these guy these games live. They were actually really good, and they mm -hmm. were actually one of the teams that dominated the airwaves. So yep. this they have this huge fan base going back to the start of the NFL in broadcasting. And so now you're just passing on this 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 tradition from generation to generation. Even Ashley, like Ashley, I can't wait for her to get back on the show. But Ashley. She didn't have a. She didn't have an option. There was no option for Ashley to be a Jets fan or a Giants fan. Like Mr. Jeff passed it to her. He said, "No, when, out the womb, you are a Cowboys fan living in New York, right?" It's a very loyal. It's a it, listen. I've got a lot of respect because it's a very loyal. Um, it's a very loyal fan base. I, I'm not going to knock them there. 
I'm just saying, I think part of the reason that we're always having the conversation of Dak not being good, it's not that Dak's not good. It's that Dak's not good enough Mm. because at the end of the day, fans want a Super Bowl. Okay. Well, let's throw, let's throw, let's, let me round out my, my top three overreactions for week one. Now, again, this is just what I'm seeing on Twitter, what I'm seeing out there on the airwaves. Cowboys are the best. Got the Cowboys to represent the NFC, but let's slow down. Steelers are, are okay. Liv, I don't think they're okay. The Bucks are back. Now, I will say this. I was shocked, Liv. I was shocked that the Bucks outplayed the Minnesota Vikings. And you saw right. a, a very, very sad Justin Jefferson. How do you lose that? Isn't this the year? Like, if you're the Minnesota Vikings, aren't you sitting there like, yo, <laughs> there's no it's there's no there's no Aaron Rodgers like we got to go up against golf Jared Goff we got to go up against who's balling he's been balling but man he was he was thrown to the wolves the LA Rams and uh, uh McVay threw him to the wolves but then him and then you're like Justin Jefferson which I mean not Justin Jefferson but Justin Fields trying to figure him out like yep. you got Kirk Cousins isn't he supposed to be the best quarterback in the division no, who said that? I, I mean, who, uh, not Justin me. Fields, Jordan Love, I'm a Jared Goff. Golf. Yeah, but I mean, come on, like, yeah, golf, golf start playing well to what the last twelve games going back into last year, but, yeah, but J- J- Jared yeah, Goff, I mean, Jared Goff, Jared Goff was thrown to the wolves. Like, there was a reason why McVay said, you know what, I want to move on. Now he got his career back on track, and he's probably he going to get big bag, get paid, but. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. Yeah, no, the the Vikings had a lot of self-inflicted wounds in that game. I mean, there were whatever, however you want to blame it on Kirk Cousins. I think it was a, there was more to it than that, but he had two fumbles in the first quarter Mm. and an interception all in the first half. Like there were just way too many self-inflicted wounds, which is really alarming considering that they were up against a pretty new and you know not overly competitive bucks team from what i think we thought we would get right but i also didn't think we would get baker mayfield in the form that we got him in he was looking kind of (laughs) nice he was looking kind of nice and i am not a baker fan i am not a baker fan i never was not when he was at ou or beyond did did did, did the bucks find their quarterback I'm trying to set you up for an overreaction right now. <laughs> don't don't pay me no attention. Oh, he was looking kind of nice. Well, did they find a quarterback, Liv? Did they find a quarterback? Is that what you're saying? Mm. Don't let me put words in your mouth. I'm not there. gonna. No. I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna uh, fill Baker's head up that big. No. No overreacting yet, but I'll tell you, I am very surprised at can, at what we saw from Baker. Can, I'm can, pleasantly surprised. It was exciting to see. Can he have a Geno Smith moment, right? Like, that's real. Like, I, I, I'm a storyline guy. I'm going to say this a lot. I've said it a lot already. You know, but I love that type of stories. Like, when, mm-hmm. you know, that underdog story and, you know, you save those clips. Everybody doubted me. It's like Coco Golf. Coco Golf wins it. We didn't even talk about Coco Golf. Like, we need to hit, hit that. But she wins the U.S. Open. And what's the first yep. thing she said? Thank you to all my haters. Thank you for everybody said I can't, right? Like, I love those stories. So, Baker Mayfield could too. potentially have that Geno Smith moment. Geno Smith goes out there after, what, Monday night football, Sunday night football outing, and they said, my haters wrote me off, but I ain't right back. Baker Mayfield Bars. might have that same. Bars. That Somebody was get that man an album. Bars. That was big. All right. Well, that's uh, Live 
and Brandon's uh, week one overreaction. Shout out to overreactions happening all across the airways. Shout out to everybody's in the chat, the paper chasers. Christy O, I see you. Trey Biz, we see you. Lifts. We got some people that's been been with us from day one and come back every single day. Right? I love that. Every single day. So shout out to y'all. Really appreciate you guys um, building this platform with us. Um, I wanna I wanna I wanna land a plane. Oh, Liv, now you're gonna say I need I got bars. I wanna land a plane. I know where you're headed with this, and that was a bar. That sure. was a bar, right? I wanna land that a plane. That was a bar. That was a sneaky bar. That was a sneaky bar. Right. Cause you yeah, got, that yeah was you fire. got the Jets playing tonight. Uh-huh. Buffalo. And, and and so I wanna get into some predictions. I wanna yep. I wanna get into betting, right? Where 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 you walk us through like, you know, a parlay or two. You know, how we can make some money with you. You know, some people may fade you. Some people may. What is it called when they don't fade you? Tail. What is it called? Tail. Tail. So tail means like we just tail your bet? Yeah. Okay. All right, but let's get into it, Liv. Monday Night Football. You got the Bills versus the Jets. I'm going to tell you. I don't know if this is a... This is probably an unpopular opinion for most people, but I smell some regression for the Bills this season. Mm -hmm. um, I really do. I think that there was obviously a lot of excitement around, you know, bringing back Von Miller. That's now put into question from a defensive perspective. And listen, we kind of are, a lot of people are wanting to glide over all the dig stuff because he has gone to Twitter and, and attempted to debunk whatever's been going on. But I think it's worth noting that him not showing up to a camp or whatever it was um, meant something. So something clearly occurred. And I actually hope for the Bills' sake that there's nothing going on there and that Diggs wants to be in Buffalo and he wants to be a bill and him and Josh Allen still have that chemistry and connection throughout the season. But the bills have a really, really tough schedule ahead. Yep. And uh, I mean, they're facing chiefs, chargers and Eagles all on the road this year and their division got a whole lot tougher and they're starting their season off with a team that nobody really knows a whole lot about, okay? This is kind of sneaky. It's kind of how I felt as a TCU Horn Frog fan with the Buffs. It's like, it's a new team. You've got a new quarterback that is exceptionally talented. We don't know what we're going to get. It could be a flop or it could be a massive success. And I'm here to tell you, I would not want to be on the other side of the ball with Aaron Rodgers in a debut at home as an underdog. Mm. Are you kidding me? He's been doing all I the mean, right things. We really think that Aaron at home, it is actually very difficult. Well, I shouldn't say that, but in the betting world, it means a lot to be a home underdog, to have that home field advantage in a primetime game, in a debut spot, in a divisional matchup, and to be the underdog. Mm. I'm sorry. I think we're entering scary hours, and I am not a humongous Aaron Rodgers fan, but I'm telling you, I think that the largest difference between Aaron Rodgers from last season to this season was an attitude change because he enjoys his environment more, which I think is going to elevate his game immediately overnight. And I think he's surrounded by a much more solid defense, which is going to help this team be successful. I just think that the defense that the Jets have, they're going to swallow up Josh Allen. So I'm already liking Josh Allen over on rushing yards. Um, and if right, you like him over fast. on rushing don't yards, you fast. can bet your bottom dollar. I need to take notes. He's... I need to take notes. I'm, I'm listening okay. to you. 
Take notes. So right. I like jo- I like Josh Allen to to feel some pressure from that defense that I think everyone's really high on this season with the Jets. He's going to be rushing. He's going to be running for his life like he does most games anyways. I also think he may be a little timid with his arm. He's coming off of a season where he was turning the ball over quite a bit and it became detrimental for this Bills right, team. Right. So, so I think from an that. offensive perspective, he's probably going to use his legs a little bit more. Uh, so I like him over on rushing yards. So much so that I like him to run it into the end zone. I like him as an anytime touchdown scorer. Mm. I think that that is honestly one of my favorite bets moving into this night is that Josh Allen is going to try to take control of the game like he always does. And he's going to do so by running it in himself. So I like rushing yards and an anytime touchdown. I also like the under in this game. Historically, we see low-scoring primetime games. As much as we hate them, we want to see points, points, points. Um, Unless you're blowing a team out by 40 points, they're typically pretty (laughs) low-scoring. Honestly, the under might have hit last night. I don't even know what the line was. The under might have hit because the Giants didn't do diddly squat out there. Now, is is this your parlay? Are you going through? Are you going through some of the uh, intriguing uh, bets, or is this your four-leg parlay? So I'm walking through my parlay, but the reason I'm doing them individually is because. That's what's tricky about a parlay. Sometimes it's better to just take one or two as straight bets, which I highly encourage to anyone who's like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I really love that. You can take them all as straight bets. You could go to any sports book right now and say, I'm going to put 10 on Josh Allen rushing. I'm going to put 10 on Josh Allen anytime touchdown. I'm going to put 10 on the under. And I'm going to put 10 on Jets money line because that is the final leg of my parlay. Mm. We're going Jets to win. I just, I mean, Come on, Brandon. I've seen you high on the Jets and on Aaron Rodgers. There's no way you see him losing this game. Yeah. There's no way. Let me let no me way. let me let first off, great job. Um, like literally I'm taking notes. Earlier in the show we talked about um just the approach to betting and you know, different terms. And so like I, I've learned some stuff from you. I've made some big bets, but I'm not in the betting world like that. You know what I mean? I'm not an expert. So I'm learning just like a lot of people. You know, this is at the forefront of our sports culture is betting yeah. now in these last five years. Um, if we can throw that back up there, you know, so I am learning. So shout out to you. Appreciate you there. Uh, let me, let me look at this, this parlay, the New York jets on the money line. I think that's solid. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you there. It's hard. Uh, it's hard to envision the jets, not getting it, getting it done defensively. They're, you know, there's some guys internally saying, you know, we're trying to go down as one of the greatest defenses ever, not just, you know, Ooh. a top five defense or the best defense this year. They're, they have that type of mindset. And that's good because if they fall short, they're still great. We right. saw what they did last year. And Aaron Rodgers, he just brings the juice to to the whole building. He's making everyone better. It's similar to what Tom Brady did when he got to the Bucks. right? The Bucks were horrible. Tom Brady comes in and wins the Super Bowl right away. Um, the under total match points. I do see that one this. scares you, huh? No, no, no. It doesn't scare me. This is actually maybe the. This is a solid bet. I might take this. Hell, I might take this as a single bet and, and bet a big bag on this, right? But I got. But I heard what you said earlier, Brandon. Don't chase. You know, have a plan. <laughs> you know, budget, budget, budget. But this is one of those ones. Like if I do, if I if I am feeling a little spicy and I want to gamble a little bit, I'll gamble here because. You know, I'm not expecting Aaron Rodgers to be the Aaron Rodgers that we saw his entire career, the back-to-back MVP, just one year removed from, you know, back-to-back MVP years. 
Right. Why? Because he has a top five defense. He has a defense that yeah, can go down in that. history. You don't need to do that. We're talking right. about complimentary football. I got Aaron Rodgers, my offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. I got my head coach all in the room. And what we're saying is, guys, this is how we're going to play football this year. This is our brand of ball. We got a freaking phenomenal defense. They're going to make it easier on all of us. Don't mess it up. So the running game needs to show up, right? And we'll take our shots. We'll get our playmakers. We'll get our playmakers involved. So I actually see, you know, the the def, the Aaron Rodgers offense being more balanced than we've ever seen uh, from an Aaron Rodgers led offense. Okay. And then on the Buffalo Bills side, like you said, Josh Allen's going against this defense. So I, I like the I like that one. And the third one, and we can throw that back up really quickly. Um, what do we have? Josh Allen, anytime touchdown score. I love that. Yeah, of course. They're going to find a way. They're, they're not going to – he's not going to Danny Danny Dimes or Dan, Danny Penny's uh, us tonight where, you know <laughs> – He better not. They, they can't put together one drive. Hell, they may put together two or three, maybe even four drives. And then right. we're going to see him do something, dive over the goal line, run somebody over. We'll definitely see that. And Josh Allen on the over, absolutely. Very good, Liv. I see why you heard. That's a good parlay. <laughs> How much? Well, you, you know what? That Steelers money line was a slice of humble pie. So I'm just trying to make up for uh, for being embarrassed yesterday. So how many units are you putting down? See, I learned that too. You know what? With value where it's at, I mean, I think this is floating in the plus two thousand, um, and and maybe some change there in terms of odds. So you put ten dollars down, you're walking with two hundred. So you 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 only lose ten, but you could gain two hundred bucks. Now, Off if you of this parlay, yeah. If you wanted to put down a hundred, you'd walk with two thousand, little over two thousand. So again, it kind of depends on what your budget is. But if you want to play it safe, because you know, first Monday night football game, you don't want to go too crazy too quick, um, and you've got ten dollars to spare. Ten could win you two, win you two hundred. So I love it. Good value. I love it. All right, Liv. Final thoughts. Final thoughts um, from this 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 weekend and week one, which is still going on, right? We still have another game, but final yeah. thoughts. You know what was the what was the what was the one thing that was just like wow, football's back. Football's back. Well, I'll tell you something that we didn't touch on a little bit today that I have that I was very very impressed with was some of the rookies that showed up. I think that Anthony Richardson had a very promising start. I hope that his injury isn't super serious, but. He had the most total yards out of any rookie QB that debuted yesterday. So loved what we saw from him. Bijan Robinson's first touchdown is a highlight. I mm. mean, he's a monster. So I'm excited but about he him. Had 56 and then, yards though. Yeah, but he's 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 on the right team, man, because they have that was the best run offense last season, and he fits perfectly into that equation. And he actually had the most targets. From Desmond Ritter he caught every single one right so I like what I see from him early I think he's going to be dominant and then defensively uh Houston Texans defense uh Will Anderson mm -hmm. was 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 doing some record-breaking things yesterday so the rookie showed up which to me always exciting because it means that the future is going to continue to be bright in the NFL and who doesn't love that right so so listen I'm looking at the the scoreboard here NFL scoreboard and and, and look I'm excited about tonight Right. Yep. Obviously, the Jets high hopes for the Jets. I love how they're embracing um, the opportunity. It's mm -hmm. not look, we got Aaron Rodgers like, no, we got Aaron Rodgers with, you know, a phenomenal coaching staff with a phenomenal yep. defense with some phenomenal pieces. Let's go win the Super Bowl and let's do it in high fashion. Um, the Lions were impressive. OK, 
uh, the Cleveland Browns, right? Uh, the Cleveland Browns did exactly what I thought they would do is win. I didn't think yeah. that they would upset. Uh, uh, not, well, not upset. I didn't think they would beat the Bengals the way they did live. Not holding Joe Burrow it. to uh, 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 under 100 yards passing. But I, I, I was high on them because they could potentially be, you know, the Jaguars from last year, the Detroit Lions from last year. Like, this is going to be an interesting, interesting uh, division. You got to pay attention. The Baltimore Ravens. You got Mike Tom. We, hey, Mike Tom, Mike T, yay. We, we want, we 500. Like, well, we got to stop this. But then you have the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. I know they lost, but still, you got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. You know, like you're you're, you're going be to be a in position. fun year, man. It's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a fun year. Baker Mayfield. Can Baker Mayfield have his moment? So football is back. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Liv, we got to get you back um, here this weekend or next weekend. Yeah, um, next week, excuse me. me. But we love having you on. You got to just teach us more of this betting stuff. I got you. Yeah, I got you. I can do that. I'm trying to I'm trying to actually hit on 67 percent of my no, 70% of my bets. Can you help me hit on 70% of my bets this year? As long as the Steelers aren't involved, maybe. <laughs> there you go. Well, there you go. That's live myself today on Paper Route, presented by I Am Athlete. Uh, we'll recap uh, Monday Night Football tomorrow. Ashley will be back, so I'm sure we're going to hit the Cowboys again and hear her. Uh, I don't know if she's going to wear her jerseys tomorrow, but we, we will see. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Love y'all. Paper chasers.